Hey everybody, Chris Harry with you on a training camp edition of Chargers Weekly. Coming up, two-thirds of ESPN's Fantasy Focus podcast join me from Chargers Camp. Field Yates and Stefania Bell share their practice observations and also get you ready for your upcoming fantasy drafts. But first, NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal joins me to talk all things Chargers, plus one bold prediction on how far he thinks the Bolts will go in 2018. Please be joined by Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com. Greg, we did this last year about the same time. How you doing, man? Uh, yeah, it doesn't. It, I'm doing great. It doesn't feel like the season really starts till I dramatically overrate the Chargers <laughs> yes. going into the season. So now is my time. Well, let's just kick things off. 2018 expectations for the Chargers, Greg. What do we got? I think they're one of the three or four teams in the AFC with the strongest rosters, even after losing Hunter Henry and Jason Verrett. That depth. And I think they're in a division where any, any team almost could win the division. So it's not like I'm just penciling in the Chargers. I've learned over the years not to do that. But I really don't see a reason why they're not a playoff team. I think there's only a few teams. I'd put the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Chargers that if they didn't make the playoffs, I would consider it a disappointment. And really, that, those would be the only three teams I would, I would put in that category. Even That's how high I am. Even the Jacks. Even the Jags, because I think the Jags have such a shortcoming at quarterback. I think it's going to be tough to be a historic defense year after year. That's really tough to do. And I think they're in a a tough division uh, where any of those teams could make it through. Whereas the Chargers, I don't see any reason why the Chargers shouldn't win 10-11 games. We talked about continuity (laughs) really all offseason. And there's been so much change in the AFC West from Patrick Mahomes to John Gruden to all these new coaches under Vance Joseph. Broncos, I think Dan Helley tweeted out just all his takeaways from Broncos camp. The offense is drastically different, right? Yeah. Case Keenum, you get these two young wide receivers, Royce Freeman in the backfield. Uh, what do you make of this AFC West in 2018? Every team, if things go right for them, can make the play. Like, every team has reason to Everyone's believe. Everyone's got a shot. Like, like you said with the Broncos, uh, like they still have some of the pieces. Whenever you have Von Miller on that defense – to make a big impact, but none of, none of those teams have Philip Rivers, and I include the Raiders in that mix. Where I think Philip Rivers is playing at a really high level, had another great season a year ago, and it's really up to the rest of the team. And I think they 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 stood by him and they played pretty well on offense from week five on. I mean, that was a top five or six offense from week five on. None of those other teams have Philip Rivers, and none of those other teams have the pass rushers that the Chargers have. The Chargers have all the hard things to get pass rush secondary quarterback and so that's when I look at them and I think like I give them a couple you know win head start maybe on the rest of the division if you add up the combined starts of Mahomes Keenum and Carr I think still Phillip Rivers has them by like 90 some odd starts right exactly and I love Patrick Mahomes's potential especially for Andy Reid he's kind of the x-factor in the entire division if Patrick Mahomes can come out guns blazing that Chiefs team is going to be tough because they can't get much worse on defense than they were a year ago but again I I still just trust in the Chargers more I swear I'm not a homer just like playing to the Charger you know (laughs) I love it though crowd here I grew up in Massachusetts it's just what I believe like looking at their roster top to bottom having two pass rushers like that having a quarterback like that is so hard to find well Telesco's done a heck of a job you mentioned the roster 
they always find a guy, right? Trevor Williams was that undrafted free agent a couple uh, years ago. Austin Eckler came out of nowhere last year. So Telesco's done a great job of not only getting those guys in the first, second, third round, but finding those late round and undrafted free agents. Yeah, he has. And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to at practice today and talking to people here and talking to yourself, kind of who are those people that are emerging? Because they, I think they needed that linebacker. Uh, I'm curious how the offensive line is, you know, coming together and gonna look. But for the most part, I think they have enough like above average starters that I feel you know good about them going into the season. You know, Philip Rivers, I believe he was only sacked 18 times last year, and a lot of that was him getting rid of the football quickly. But the offensive line did play better last year. You add Mike Pouncey, uh, a three-time Pro Bowler. You add Forrest Lamp, who we haven't seen yet. Dan Feeney had nine starts last year, so he has another year under his belt. How much better do you think this offense can be when you just look at the the depth there on the offensive line? Well, you got to see how Feeney and Lamb come together. People are kind of penciling That's going to take time, that combination. Right. We penciled him in last year, and he gets hurt. Gets hurt. He's still not back. So you don't know what he's going to be like. You don't know um, if Feeney's going to take a step up. Pouncey is definitely going to improve their center position, but he's had an up-and-down career. He's looked like an all-pro some years and then played through injury or been hurt other years and so he's he's not a guy that I just pencil in and say is gonna be a huge difference maker he's a little bit of a a boomer bust type of guy but they they should be better uh, on the offensive line and it's also they they lost in so many fluky ways last year like their tackling can be a lot better if you really look at the linebacker and and in the secondary and then their special teams of course really killed them last year and I I hope for their sake they have a plan to turn that around not just the field goals but everything special teams like you look at the Patriots they're top five special teams every year and that's that really made the difference I think from the Chargers winning the division or not and it does start with making your kicks Caleb Sturgis Roberto Guayo listen out in training camp you can make all the kicks you want right Right. it's it's all about the game so I'm intrigued to see how that shakes out over the next four weeks but you mentioned the linebacker position and Greg I, I think one of the things that really hurt the Chargers last year was Denzel Perryman going down in the preseason and I think he only started seven games last year. Uchenna Nuosu from USC comes in. Kaiser White, who Coach Lynn has raved about already, is probably going to play that will position. I don't know if he's going to start, but he's gotten a lot of reps during this offseason. Another guy that they like. Yeah, on paper, it looks deeper. I thought they would have added someone maybe in free agency too, just in case um, injuries strike again I think they could use a veteran there but you're right Perriman to me is a tone setter he's a guy we wrote about in a series we do called making the leap that we really thought based on the end of his rookie season that he could take a next step and he reminds me a lot of Melvin Ingram just in terms of his attitude like those are two guys like when you have I I know why they gave Melvin Ingram all that money even before people knew about him because man that guy is so intense every snap Every practice, those are, you need guys like that. And he's just kind of a badass. And I would throw Denzel Perryman in that group. So if those two guys are healthy, it makes a huge difference. Pass rush. You talked about it at the top, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. I don't know if there's a better tandem in the league. No way. How important is that position on the football field? Just look at the pay that free agents get. That's how you can judge how they value pass rushers. Melvin Ingram, when he signed that contract, people – kind of raised their eyebrows and now it looks like a bargain like you see guys like Olivier Vernon making 17 18 million dollars a year to me those are two top 10 guys at the position Bosa has a chance to be 
otherworldly. Just turned 23. Right. He's 23 years he old. He has a chance. You, you don't want to put too much on him early, but he has a chance to be one of the, the very best players at his position if he's not there yet. And yet, I don't know if he was better than Melvin Ingram last year. I, I think you could argue either side, depending on, you know, at the beginning of the year, Ingram especially was insane. So if the if you don't even know which one of those two guys are better, that's an incredible situation because you don't know where to slide protection. And they're just kind of warriors that snap after snap. They're not taking snaps off. At times, they line them up on the same side. And to your point about Melvin Ingram, usually when you get that big payday, some people think your, your production is going to decline a little bit. He had his best season after that payday. He did, like, you know, just interviewing him, you get a sense. Like, I'm a little guy, and, like, I was afraid by the, inter- the interview. He's so, like, <laughs> intense, man. Like, not afraid, but just... I would be afraid if I was one of his teammates to let him down because he just he comes to the field with so much in, intensity and you could tell how how it means to him and those are the guys that pull people along and I I think Joey Bosa is going to have a better career because he's playing with Melvin Ingram not just because of the skill set because he's got a veteran that's showing him the way and that day after day is is right along with them with that intensity I've mentioned Derwin James a lot over the past couple of months, and I'm from the Washington, D.C. area, and I never compare anybody to Sean Taylor because I think that's an impossible thing to do. Mm. But he reminds me of the type of player that before the snap, you're going to have your eyes on number 33 because he's going to make a play. Now, obviously, we want to see that in the preseason games, but when you saw Derwin James fall to number 17 overall, what was your reaction? That it was such a perfect fit for the Chargers that I was surprised he fell and I was really surprised the Ravens specifically passed on him. But that the, the Chargers, one of, if not their biggest needs, was safety to me. They gave up too many big plays in the running game that was on their safeties he's last year. He's going to help in the run right off the bat. And he should help in that way, and he's versatile. And you just want to see him set the tone. Because one thing Gus Bradley's defenses, their coordinator, did in Seattle was they were one of the best tackling secondaries in the league. I think that was similar in Jacksonville and the Chargers are one of the worst last year I just can think of so many big plays that happened where they couldn't get guys down at the second level that turned into 40 50 yard runs and James to me should help solve that quite a bit offensively listen this team was number one in passing offense last year no Hunter Henry that was a big blow this offseason but Mike Williams returns you pair him with Tyrell Williams with Keenan Allen who's had an unbelievable camp his footwork Greg it's been a full display, yeah, to say the least. But Mike Williams, another guy, this scrimmage on Saturday, he had two touchdowns, one from Geno Smith, one from Phillip Rivers. Another nice ball from Geno to Mike Williams. He's stacking very productive days. And I think people are sleeping on Mike Williams a little bit. Yeah, because he was so quiet last year, and you're just waiting to see. And so many of these first-round wide receivers across the league have struggled of late. Uh but it's great to hear that if you're hoping for a complete Chargers offense because Hunter Henry had a chance, has a chance to be special. And I do think Mike Williams can do some of the things that Hunter Henry ultimately would do for you. Uh, you know, because Hunter Henry was lining up in the slot quite a bit. That's going to be what Williams is doing in the red zone, catching fade passes like Henry did. So that would be a – you're not going to replace Hunter Henry, but if you can add to that complete wide receiver group, those are the best receiver groups right now. If you have every – 
possible type. And Mike Williams is one type. Keenan Allen's another. Travis Benjamin's another. Tyrell Williams. They all have their own skill sets, and that's where it makes it really tough to defend. They got like an NBA front court, and then like Travis Benjamin running point there. And in this fifth wide receiver spot, I tell you what, Greg. Artavis Scott is another guy from Clemson who, who's made an impact, and I'm interested to see what he does, especially in this first preseason game. Yeah, I want to see how the offense develops because they really went away from a run-first approach early in the season, which I think was the way to go with the, with the talent that they have at, with Rivers and the receivers. And you see that the most dominant offensive teams has that four-pack of NBA-like exactly. players. The Falcons, the Patriots in a different way, but the Patriots really do. The I think Kyle Shanahan's offenses over the last few years have had that where it just becomes a matchup problem where no matter how you guard them, one of those guys is going to have the right matchup, and then you have the veteran quarterback that finds them. The thing, Keenan can play on the inside or the outside, and I think that – versatility is going to help this offense at least you can't replace Hunter Henry's production but couple that with just these running backs right Melvin Gordon Justin Jackson from Northwestern and Austin Eckler can all catch the ball out of the backfield as well yeah I think Gordon has something to prove this year I think he's a really good running back he's a solid NFL starter I think there's a question whether he's ever going to be one of those top five to seven guys the the type like Todd Gurley, who just got that contract, or like uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I think he, and Keenan Allen, this sounds crazy because Keenan Allen's one of the best players in the league. I think Keenan Allen has another level to go where he's like at that Antonio Brown level Something of else. like just the best receiver in the league. And I think Gordon, he's not going to get there, but I think he's shown signs because of how complete he is catching the ball that he can get him into another level where it's a little more consistent run after run. Greg, let's shift to just general league storylines. Okay. What are you most looking forward to as we enter 2018? Obviously, just a couple of weeks into training camp, but so much has happened. I'll start. Could, th- by the way, you could say like a million different things, yeah, and I wouldn't no, be I shocked. Know. <laughs> I know. I, you know what? This is a crazy answer. I'm really curious how the kickoff rule, and this is a very f- football dorky answer, but I really think people are sleeping on how much the kickoff rule has changed. Everyone's focused on the lowering the helmet rule, and we'll see how that plays out. But yeah. that, that doesn't sound like fun, keeping track of that. Whereas people don't understand how dramatically the rules have changed on the kickoffs. They're so complicated, I can't even really explain. You're going to see it this weekend. You'll see it a little bit in the preseason, but I think a lot of special teams coaches and just the feeling that I get are, aren't, are going to kind of hold their cards close to the vest. And it's going to be one of those things in week one where Bill Belichick and some of the other teams that have good special teams start doing some crazy stuff. And I really think the kickoff, which is one of the most fun plays in the game, is going to end up being a bigger deal and and a bigger factor. And there's going to be all sorts of trick plays and pooch pooch kicks, and there's going to be something more. That's just something like that to me is going to be a lot different this year. And then finally, just the AFC in general. We talked about it at the top. You said you'd be a little disappointed if the Pats, Steelers, and Chargers weren't in the postseason. How do you see this thing all shaking out when it's all said and done? I'm going to roll with the Patriots like every year just because the Chargers have burned me too much. But I'm going to put the Chargers into the conference championship game again, and hopefully they can pleasantly surprise me when they when they make a Super Bowl as the Los Angeles Chargers. I think, I think it's possible. Football, I've learned that you just want to be one of the six, seven, eight teams that has a chance at the end. And then 
and then you see. It's like you can be like the Falcons, who I think have been in that mix the last two years, and they haven't gotten it done. But I think the Chargers will get into that mix. Ultimately, I'm going to take the, the Patriots uh, over the Packers in the Super Bowl. How about that? I like that. I actually, I kind of like that. Yeah. I, I'd like it if the Chargers were in Atlanta, but uh, the Chargers are going to be in London, and your guy, you guys are going to be in London before week one, the Around the NFL podcast. Tell us about the podcast. When can you listen, and what you guys are going to be doing in London? Yeah, three times a week, and then we're going to London to tape some live shows to do uh, promotion, really, to, to get the season going for a week before. I'm so pumped uh, that they're sending us, but we've been doing it for five, five years, and people seem to like it, so, so definitely check it out and we've been overrating the Chargers for five years and I think this is the year that they're going to prove us right I love it subscribe give it five stars Greg you're the man thanks so much thanks so the Los Angeles Chargers schedule is out and boy it's nice to finally know how we'll be spending our Sundays this fall how many Charger games did you make last year Matt I made 20 four preseason games and 16 regular season games last year which are you circling for this season. This season, I'll circle the Niners and Cardinals as they play the NFC West. And let's not forget about those rivalry games, P. You seriously don't want to miss this. Visit fightforla.com or call 877-CHARGERS to share Matt's experience. Season tickets on sale now. All right, here at Chargers Camp with Great Field Yates of ESPN. Field, welcome to LA, my friend. It's good to be here. I'm thinking about staying long-term. Extended stay, huh? Good. I just got to find a place to live. Other than that, we're in business. <laughs> How has this weekend been for you? It's been tremendous. What a beautiful part of the country, obviously, and weather has been predictably awesome. But uh, the, the culture here in, in, with, within the Chargers is clear, and this team has a lot of talent, but it's clear that there's a mindset, too, and they're ready to take that next step. I thought it'd be fun do a quick little fantasy whip around here okay. because Chargers are always a fun fantasy team. And you start at the running back position, only a handful of bell cows out there. Melvin Gordon certainly one of them. Where are you drafting Melvin Gordon? I think it's going to be someone that floats within the first 15 picks of, of drafts. And if you look at the back uh, the backfield depth chart, certainly Justin Jackson, seventh-round pick, had a great decorated college career at Northwestern. Austin Eckler has been a productive player for them when called upon over the past couple of seasons, but it seems clear that Melvin Gordon is the guy, and for that reason, 300 touches would not surprise me at all this season. Absolutely, and you look at wide receiver Keenan Allen, I believe ESPN standard scoring leagues, the third highest uh, scoring wide receiver. What do you expect from Keenan in, in this next year after coming off such a big year? PPR monster. Yeah, more of the same. 100 catches feels like a reasonable estimate. You know, you always want to be careful in terms of over-assessing what a guy could be or what he will become. But if Keenan Allen doesn't catch 100 passes, like I don't think it'll be that much lower than 100 passes. He's such a focal point of the offense. And listen, is he the fastest wide receiver in the NFL? No. Is he constantly open? Yes. The footwork, though, may be the best in the league. It's right up there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good as there is. And for that reason, I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be drafted. Again, somewhere you'll have two Chargers drafted within top 15 to 18 picks between Keenan and Melvin Gordon. Mike Williams, a guy you got to see for the first time this year. Yeah. Listen, he's strung together very productive days at training camp. Had a couple of touchdowns in the scrimmage on Saturday. He looks more and more like that Clemson All-American. And in some drafts, he's going undrafted. When you see Mike Williams on a fantasy board, what round are you looking at? Yeah, there's a time in the fantasy draft exercise where you say to yourself, all right, I filled out my starters, and I don't want to draft a kicker or a defense yet. I want to start taking what I would call lottery tickets, right? Flyers on guys. Mike Williams is the kind of player that you draft him in the 10th, 11th, 12th round, and maybe he doesn't start for you right away. Maybe he never starts for you. 
But if he becomes the player that some people around here believe he can become, he's going to be a massive part of this offense. The biggest impediment to success for Mike Williams is that the wide receiver group is so good here. Yeah, you got Keenan obviously locked into number one. You got Tyro Williams, who's not going to give away that number two job easily. Travis Benjamin, so much speed, and that's just the top four because there's more to it. When you look at the tight end position, too, the loss of Hunter Henry obviously stings. I think Mike can help in the red zone. 10 of his 11 touchdowns at Clemson came in the red zone. So you're not going to make up for the production of Hunter Henry fully. It's going to be a committee situation, but I think Mike can help there. Yeah, Mike certainly is a big body. And, you know, in the red zone, the the field reduces. There's not as much that teams can do defensively in terms of their schemes and their coverages. And a lot of the best offense in the red zone is guys with physical attributes who are just superior to their opponents, to their defensive players, whoever's covering them. Mike Williams, it's almost the the power forward theory, right? You throw it up, you let him go for an alley-oop, or let him try to grab a rebound, and how many defensive backs come close to size in Mike Williams? The answer is very few. Uh, And so I think that Phillip Rivers is probably one of those quarterbacks that trust means a lot, more so than, I feel like that's what what I think that veteran quarterbacks value so much. And you'd imagine that after another year uh, in training camp together, that Mike Williams is probably much further along in that regard. Defensively, Listen, you always wait to the end to draft the defense, but you're looking for sacks, you're looking for turnovers, you're looking for potential ways to score. The Chargers have all those ingredients. Yeah, they have all those ingredients, and not only is Melvin Ingram going to be a sack machine this year, evidently he can handle punts as well. Uh, he we can saw do it him, all. He can do it we all. We saw him handling some punts during punt return, which from what I understand is a regular thing for him during training camp. Let's get the points for that. Athletic freak, and not that we will see that during uh, during the regular season. But fun to see just how nimble and athletic Melvin Ingram really is. One of the NFL's uh, elite players. Not just a good pass rusher, not just a good outside linebacker. Maybe one of the you know twenty or so best players in terms of raw physical abilities the league has. Field as Chargers fans get ready for their fantasy drafts. What are a few tips? A few things to keep an eye on. Maybe some sleepers that people aren't talking about. Start a kit right here. Let's begin with this. Positional value matters. Don't take a quarterback early. Take your running backs, take your wide receivers early. If you're going to take a tight end, it's got to be somebody like Rob Gronkowski, who is such a difference maker at that spot. Sure. Beyond that, again, wait on your quarterback. There are so many good quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers, who could be one of the five best fantasy football quarterbacks this year, is being drafted in like the 10th, 11th, 12th round. It's like the 13th quarterback off the board in, in many respects. Just wait on a quarterback. Also, incorporate some lottery tickets like we were talking about earlier. A Mike Williams type, a player that you think, hey, I don't know for sure what the role is right now, but I'm going to take a flyer on him and see if he proves to have a lot of upside. Also, be patient on kickers and defenses. I prefer to take them in the last three rounds. Kickers in the final round, defense in the final three rounds. A lot of ways to be smart in your draft room that can help you get a decided edge going into the season. Finally, my favorite is rookie running backs. A few that you have your eye on in 2018. So let's go for the non-Saquon Barkley division because obviously... Yeah, that's the given, winner. right? That's right. He's the given. Darius Geis for the Redskins is becoming more and more of a given as the days go Love by. That. I think beyond that, though, Rashad Penny, a player that maybe wasn't expected to go in the first round, but Seattle didn't take him 30th overall for no reason. They have aspirations for him. Sonny Michelle's dealing with a knee issue right now in New England, but he's an intriguing player. Keep an eye on him. And then the third round running back that everybody's hoping can be this year's Kareem Hunt or Alvin Kamara. And I don't mean be one of the best running backs in football, but be a guy that exceeds his draft value, his real draft value, is Royce Freeman for the Denver Broncos. Seems to be an open competition for the running back spot there in Denver. Yeah, Dan Haley of NFL Network said that he looks to be the bell cow there at this point in the preseason. So Chargers fans always want to get their own guys, but you have to be smart. Do we talk about on the podcast how you and Dan look alike? Really? Doppelgangers. That's a good thing. That's good. Dan's my guy from D.C., so I'll take that any day of the week. Field, you're the man. Thank Thank you. you.
All right, we have the Fantasy Focus podcast covered here on Chargers Weekly Field. Yates just joined us, now joined by Stefania Bell. Stefania, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm always good when I'm in California. Well, so. you said you're, you're a California girl at heart. <laughs> I, I am, and and uh, so I love coming back, and now this is my second year in a row coming to this camp, so I couldn't be happier than spending a day outside. It's a good day to come out because it's day eight. These guys have gotten their legs under them. What did you see out here today? Well, I saw a healthy Mike Williams. <laughs> that was the first big difference to me and, and literally a big difference i mean the guy is an imposing physical specimen uh it's wonderful to see him back out here and healthy and uh he's got everybody excited i heard there was a scrimmage where he looked pretty darn good the he other did. day he did. Uh, so certainly for the folks that listen to us on the fantasy focus podcast they want to hear like who are the big playmakers who's going to be scoring and certainly mike williams is one of those guys where's he going in dress right now stefania because Obviously, it's early August. I think in a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, you're really going to start to draft for your league. At this point in time, where is Mike Williams going in drafts? You know, it's interesting. Um, Off the top of my head, I can't tell you exactly where, but I did a mock draft a week ago, and he was definitely somebody that was going below where I think you would expect if he ends up where we think he could. Where he could become, yes. Right? I mean, it was definitely mid to later rounds. 10-team league, PPR. Uh, I don't think that people really know what to expect. I think people look at the Chargers offense as you have all these different potential pass catchers. Keenan Allen certainly proved himself last year and obviously became a favored target. So he's rated about where you would expect him to be. Um, And I don't know if people are like, is Mike Williams a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three based on how the offense would use him? I would say, based on what I saw and what I'm hearing, this guy should be a wide receiver two. Field called him a lottery ticket, like one of those guys that you you want to take a <laughs> flyer exactly on, right. and you see what happens because we talked about this earlier. Just the loss of Hunter Henry, you can't replace his production with one guy. But in terms of red zone offense, Mike Williams can be very helpful in the red zone. The Chargers also have some other weapons to maybe make up for some of that production. But Mike is in a position where he has had a full healthy off season, something that's invaluable, especially for a guy in his second year. And not only that he was not healthy, but when he wasn't healthy. So he really didn't get a chance to integrate in camp with these guys and learn the offense. And when he did show up for a few games, he's still a rookie who hasn't been able to gel with the team. So now you combine the fact that he's healthier. And I thought he said something very interesting when he was talking to us. Everybody knows he had a disc problem in his back, and this was the issue. So people tend to think his back bothered him. And he said, it really wasn't my back. It was actually my leg, and he was having numbness in his leg and weakness, and that means a nerve was irritated because of the problem in his back. But that means you can't run full speed. You can't open up on your stride. So it's not just that his back was hurting him. He literally couldn't use the physical attributes that make him what he is. It's great to see him out here 100%. Another guy had a breakout year last year, Keenan Allen, (laughs) and we always knew that Keenan had it in him. He played 16 games coming off that ACL from the year before. I think he was the third highest scoring wide receiver in ESPN Sanders scoring leagues. What can you say about what Keenan did last year? It was amazing. I was a believer. I'm going to give myself a little credit here. Uh, one of the things that made me believe he'd be ready to produce from the outset was that when he tore his ACL the prior season, it was very early in the year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you're going to do it early, I mean, if you're going to tear your ACL, you're better off doing it early because you have that much more time to rehab. And 
another thing that's interesting was when I was asking him how does he feel this year in camp compared to last year, he's like, not really that different. And, you know, most guys, one year removed, will say, oh, I'm doing X, Y, and Z now, and at this point last year I couldn't. But that reflects back to how long he had to rehab and how advanced he was by the time they came to camp. So it was really just a matter of getting playing time underneath him. He essentially had that entire 2016 yes. season to recover. And then last year, we saw it early in camp, Stefania, last year. Uh, when you look at him and where he's drafted, it looks like early second, <laughs> mid-second. I think you'd be comfortable with him as your wide receiver one. Oh, I, without a doubt. And, you know, Philip Rivers seems to be a guy who, once he establishes, like, a good rapport and confidence, that's going to be a go-to guy. And, mm-hmm. and the thing I keep hearing about Keenan Allen is that, he can do things in so many different situations. And with the loss of Hunter Henry, like you referenced, you may see Keenan Allen in the red zone being targeted more frequently. So if for fantasy purposes, that's you're already boosting the value of somebody who people know he's an established wide receiver one. You know, probably the first charger that's going to come off the board in fantasy drafts, Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. I saw you guys talking to Melvin. Entering his fourth season, he's gotten better in each year what are your expectations for Melvin? Because there's not a ton of bell cow running backs, and, and you look for that early in drafts. He talked about the ability to stay healthy, being a skill set. He said when he came in the league and people would tell him, you got to stay healthy, you got to stay healthy. He was like, why do people keep saying this? And then he had much more of an appreciation for it as he's gone through these first few years in the league. And it's hard. I think running back is the most vulnerable position. You're getting hit all the time. You got to go through people to accomplish anything. Um, so I think he appreciates that, and he, by his own definition, he's working very, very hard at it. You know, he did say, look, we have a lot of pass catchers. So, you know, even though he believes he is as capable of catching the ball as anyone, he knows that that's going to be spread around. But we also referenced that 87-yard touchdown run he had last that's year That's right, against New England, yep. And uh, he kind of lit up when we talked about that, and he's like, man, I really haven't – I hadn't gotten a free run like that. So I, I think – you know, it's the maturity in the league, right? And I think now that he's been here and has established himself, I think that it's smart that he will continue to grow with this offense. You know, he was on Adam Schefter's podcast that I listened to on the way in this morning. One of the things he mentioned was his ability to just finish strong. Mm-hmm. And you saw that last year. I think he's hoping for a quicker start this year. But the ability to play at your best, essentially, at the end of the year. It's so important, especially from a fantasy perspective, in your playoffs. Right, uh, because nobody wants to see somebody taper off at the end of the year because that's when you need them the you most. Need them the most. And it's hard. You know, look, I feel for these guys because you're trying to ask them to think about things like that. And I think when they're in the thick of it, they're trying to get from one week to the next and do what's best for the team. So uh, the Chargers offense as a whole is interesting because you have some potential superstars here, but you also have a depth of weapons in both the run game and the pass game that make it hard to anticipate who's really going to be the guy that you value the most in the offense. Stefania, from a fantasy perspective all around the league, we're looking at guys that were injured last year and Odell Beckham, David Johnson, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck. Uh, what do you have your eyes on in terms of those guys and, and how they're going to bounce back and, and where you draft them? Well, I, I don't really know where you take an Andrew Luck right now. I mean, to me, uh, this is why I always encourage people draft late, you know, because we're going to see some preseason action from Andrew Luck as soon as next week. So much happens in the next three weeks. And so much happens. And that's where, to me, it's the eyeball test. How does he look when he's 
working at game speed. You know, th we're, I'm thrilled that he's back at throwing. You want the guy to have success after such a difficult year where he wasn't able to play at all. But there's de definitely something different in his body language. There's definitely something he's more involved. He's obviously practicing full go. Um, but he hasn't played football in two years. So that is a mitigating factor. Is, is he going to be a little bit rusty in terms of four quarters of running at full game speed, even if he's healthy? So there's a difference between being healthy enough to play and being in shape to play a football game at top level for four quarters. So that's, to me, that's one of the things I'm looking at from all these guys. I think Deshaun Watson, he's young. He's been through it before with sure. ACL. I think he'll be in good shape. Odell Beckham is showing signs of being able to make these one-handed grabs in practice. It looks pretty you good, know, yeah. Going over backwards, all the things where you're looking at how agile is he on that ankle after that surgery. To me, the only thing left with him is how does he look in traffic? You know, when there's people under his legs, which is how he got hurt. Is there any apprehension? Is he still going to go up and make those tough catches? Those are, the, those are the kind of things that I'm looking at just to see how they pass the eyeball test. And to your point with a guy like David Johnson, we, we talked about Keenan Allen injuring himself early in the year. Similar thing happened with David Johnson. He should be full go looking like a top five pick as well. I'm, I'm not even worried about him at all. I think, you know, there was a point last year where we were wondering if he was going to come back. And, uh, you know, the Cardinals were out of it early. There was really no reason to press him back into action. I think that paid off. You know, this is a good thing. It was his wrist. Had that much more time to heal. I've mentioned this before on our podcast. We saw him play in a uh, charity softball tournament for Larry Fitzgerald. He it's hit a good the sign. home run. Yeah. I mean, he's turning his wrist over to swing wrist the there. bat, yeah, exactly. and he's got enough power to hit a home run. I think his wrist is pretty good. <laughs> Stefania, we'll get you out of here on this. What are you looking forward to this year in 2018? There's so many storylines. There's a lot of intrigue, a lot of things that people are talking about. What are you most looking forward to over these next three weeks as we start the regular season? I mean, to me, Andrew Luck is really the biggest story for me because I find the, the PT in me just wants these guys who've had a, they've had a tough break and you want to see them have success because sure. we love the comeback story, right? So after a, a year like last year where people were wondering, can he ever be the same again? Uh, I certainly hope and expect that he will be. And so he's my most interesting storyline um, to watch this year. And then, you know, for, for the rest of the thing, for me, it's just really a shakeout in personnel. How does it work? Who ends up? I'm very curious over the preseason. Who looks like the guy? You hear all these rookies. Oh, he's impressing in camp. He's Everybody's impressing at camp, right? Every, like, I, I haven't heard of too many that are unimpressive. But um, a couple of also the wide receivers who had injury issues last year, like a John Ross. Right. Uh, who didn't get to do much, um, was sort of injured before camp and, and then kind of carried that through into the season. But you're hearing good buzz about him. Like, what can he do for a team this year? So I think some of those guys will go under the radar and could really break out. And you got one right here in Mike Williams. So uh, those are the kind of storylines that I'm interested in. Mike's certainly been the talk at camp. Stefania, we're thrilled to have you in L.A. <laughs> Maybe we can get you out to, to the West Coast more often. I always tell, tell this to my guests, especially coming from East. And Look, they're not opposed to, to the me. idea, right? No, you don't have to sell me. I just, uh, I'll give you their number. You call all my bosses and tell them I need to come out here more often. Will do. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that'll do it. A big thanks to Stefania, Field, and Greg for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. Remember, find us on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. Help spread the word. And a reminder, several open training camp practices this month at the Jack Hammett Sports Complex. Visit chargers.com slash camp for all the details. We look forward to seeing you out there. And until next time, I'm Chris Harey.